Welcome back for another episode of the podcast. If you enjoy any of the episodes that you're listening to, such as this one, then please head over to your listening platform, iTunes, Spotify, and so on, and like, rate, and review the show. It would mean the world to us and really helps the show out. Also, if you wouldn't mind sharing the podcast, either sending a direct message to a friend or on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and so on. Tag us, tag the guest. Even if you don't, just know that we really appreciate each and every one of you that does that. It really helps us out. And now, on to the show. My guest today is Richard Williams. He is a skater, um, world traveler, works for Stupid Dope, makes videos, and he really did it all from just a passion and a love for making content. So please, I'll let him explain his story. Welcome, Richard Williams. And we're started. Recording. Right on. Right on. Richard, thank you for being on, man. Hey, thanks, Aaron. Uh, I, I want to call you raw footage because that's what I know. I knew you under on the Instagram. I never actually looked at your name. I just saw raw footage and went with that. Hey, that works. Hey, I'm trying to build a... Build a brand, build a brand, content, content, content. <laughs> <laughs> Heck yeah. Speaking of content, I was telling you before, like right before we started, I just, I didn't know what that stupid dope was. I'd seen it before, like tagged or whatever, but I'd never, I didn't know much about it. And I saw it on your little, your Instagram. So I clicked it and was watching your video. Of, I got through a little portion of you traveling the world and eating burgers. <laughs> yeah, Belgium. So, Man. what led you to traveling so much? Man, look, it's just a, what's a good word? Yeah, it's an amalgamation of, of just all my passions combined into one. I was raised with military parents, both my mom and my dad, 25 years plus in the Air Force. And we moved around a lot as kids. Um, so, that gave me the travel bug from the get-go, from the moment I was born. Um, my mom taught me how to skate, you know, recreationally, but she taught me how to skate when I was a kid and I really, really, really loved it. Um, it stuck with me. It's one of the only things that is, that stuck with me now. And I'm about to be 33, you know, uh, you know, a lot of other people would be like, yeah, I got a lot of stuff under my belt, but not me, man. I just like the, I just like the blade, like the travel, like the blade. So you enjoyed having like military parents and traveling around all over the place because some people are iffy my my mom my grandpa was in the air force and they moved around a bunch um when she was a kid and uh and she loved it but her her brother i don't know if he cared for it as much and then he ended up joining the service later on but um it's funny how you talk to some people like man i never had any consistent friends and other people like i love it yeah i'm i'm on the latter side there uh i love travel man i love to see different things smell different air and experience different cultures and meet different people i'm very introverted you wouldn't really get that but when i'm traveling boy it just brings out the best in me it really 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 does and it's weird right now that you know nobody's traveling but hey we need to we need to do what we need to do to to squash everything that's happening so what what like you started blading did it did the blading stuff did you get jobs from that or were you picking like from a kid yeah. did you pick something like a vocation um like did you have any sort of life plans or were you just going with the flow 
And so, you know, going through high school, it was, yeah, I'm going to go to school. I'm going to go to school for pre-dentistry. And I went to school. After high school, I went to school for pre-dentistry for like three years. Went to sleep one day during college and, and woke up, realized I had a dream. I had a dream that I was a dental assistant and I can palm a basketball. And I wondered, why am I trying to be a dental assistant if I can palm a basketball? I can, I can, I can't fit my fingers into someone's mouth. So I was like, <laughs> Mom, Dad, <laughs> I woke up. I was like, Mom, Dad, uh, you know, I can't do this. They said, okay, word. You know, and I was paying for school too. Um, so I stopped the pre-genistry route and I went communications. It was the easiest way for me to switch from so I switched to communications, and I've been, like, you asked about skating. I've always made skate videos with friends since I was, like, 17, 18. And um, it just translated, man. Like, through college and even after college, like, four or five years after I got my communications degree, doing nothing, nothing with it. But in all the restaurants I'm working in and working in, uh, all the burrito spots and pizza places and whatever, what, what have you, I would always handle the social media and Facebooks and video content and photos for whatever job that I was doing, whatever, you know, I'd be washing dishes in the back of the kitchen, take my 15 minute break and go take some photos, take some videos and then make something. So one day I'm working at a pizza place here in Atlanta, south of, south of Atlanta. And, uh, someone calls me and it's my boss that I have now with uh, stupiddope.com, he, and he's like, hey, oh, I'm from Richard. I said, all right, yeah, this is him. Hey, uh, let me send you some links real quick, some skate videos. He sent me some skate videos that I made, and I was like, cool. He's like, yeah, did you make these? I was like, yeah. And it was just that simple. He said, do you want to make this, make videos for other things? I was like, like what? He's like, hotels, resorts, travel, music, this, that. I'm like, uh, yeah, I'll quit right now. <laughs> that's what it is. I will quit right now. Bro, that was that was almost eight years ago and I haven't looked back. And you've been working for Stupid Dope the whole time? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Stupid Dope and then, you know, there's a freelance stuff here and there, but yeah, that's been my full time for almost eight years. That's awesome. I feel like my man. LinkedIn just said, my, yeah, my, I feel like my LinkedIn, my LinkedIn just said that I got a, a work anniversary, so I think Maybe eight years just passed. I'm not sure. That's pretty cool, man, that you did, like, he found all that stuff just through skating. And that's what, that's one thing, uh, I mean, I've got buddies that do the same thing. They make, you make skate videos and, you know, you work on it just because you're having fun, like, as a kid. You're trying to get a, you know, back when I was doing it, it was, you had to send in, like, the old VHS tapes or those old little tiny tapes. You had to send those in, like, mail them to the company there was no like there was nothing else to do to try to get sponsored so we would make edits with that and the editing was totally different especially when you just had a camera so we would do all sorts of stuff put music to it the whole thing Mm -hmm. and what you don't realize is while you're having that fun with your buddies and you're making that stuff if you pursue it and you just keep going it turns into something like what you have man it's not even like something that i have it's it's like I don't know if you know who Chris Smith is. Chris Smith, he's a big skater here in, in the city. He's now making music videos, like heavy music videos. And then Kevin Dowling, he's an old school head, old school rollerblader, with uh, your old guest on the top, Tom Heiser. Uh, Kevin Dowling, like he stayed making videos, skate videos. And now he's working for uh, 
stupid Netflix? I think it's Netflix. Yeah. Yeah, I know he just finished up something with Ozarks. But, um, yeah, it, it's, it's just literally just sticking with something and saying, yeah, I, I like it. I don't know if it's going to bring me money, but, man, I like it. It's that little creative outlet, too, you know, and nobody wants to, uh, as as parents, uh, at least then, not so much now, kind of, though, you know, you still get a little bit of it. Um, us old people can be a little bit stuck. Uh, I try, I try not to be. I try not to be because I know the creativity and what it, what that bleeds, like it bleeds over into everything in your life. Like when you see things differently, um, you see the world differently when you do stuff. Like I was telling, I was on the podcast saying, I don't see a city. I see rails and I see gaps and I see, I see a whole playground of things to make out of nothing. Something that people would just walk by and don't pay any attention to. You know, I'm driving by and I see a skate spot out my window. I'm like, I still look and I don't even skate that much. It's a memory that does not fade. I feel like I'm going to be 60 years old talking to my grandkids. You see that rail right there? (laughs) When I was a kid, I could skate that rail. And and I would grind on it. Grandpa, what's grinding? What's grinding? It's the same we still have skates, you know? Yeah, so yeah, I don't know. Like, I think that's that's definitely something that uh, I will not grow out of. Well, now, does... Does your job like want you to skate, or do you do that on your off time? And they obviously send you places to go video, like the Belgian video. And then I, like, you were just out of the country, and I think you barely made it back in time. I made it by like thirty six hours, real talk. And me, my mom, my dad, and my sister made it from Paris, France, in about thirty six hours. Before Trump said, "Hey, borders are closed. Are they closing?" You know. Oh, your whole family was with you too, huh? Yeah, in Paris. In Paris, they were with me. It was uh, to cap my whole Europe trip. I went to a few different countries to skate and just film a bunch of content. And so you ask, like, you know, you know uh, does my job warrant skating? Yeah, I mean, for some reason, look, my boss, he sees skating as some viable trend that's bound to come back. And it's cool because he's never skated a day in his life, like, aggressively. So for him to kind of give me the green light to say, hey, Rich, go ahead and go see stuff, do stuff, but at the end of it, film everything, <laughs> that's what I did, and that's, uh, that's the, that's one of the, um, the series that I'm working on right now, it's called Hashtag Culture Shock, it's just basically, I travel to different places, different countries, hang out with really different people, and skate, eat cool food, you know, just do, do, do stuff that, bucket list. Bucket list stuff. Yeah. yeah, bucket list stuff. Go see some cool monuments, you know, like really be a tourist at the same time. I'm with locals, so it's it's, it's, it's a different different vibe completely. How long does it take you to put one of these, like, sections, videos together? Like, for, you go in there, you're, you're doing stuff, you're rollerblading, but then you're also filming a bunch of content to put up on Stupid Dope and, you know, make it, I guess, it looked like a streetwear culture type of place. Yeah, um, this is life. Yeah. It's that, 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 that umbrella term, uh, lifestyle, yeah. Yeah, and so, like, how long does it take you to put a video up that works for them? Ah, uh, man, it really just depends on the complexity and how much that I did film, because I want to use the best that I got. Like, I'm not trying to put filler. Like, I want the audience that clicks on one of my articles 
circles to, to, to really be enthralled and engaged in what they're watching and what they're reading. So it really, like I said, it just depends. It depends on, on the message I'm also trying to get across. I have one dropping um, for Culture Shock. I know you watched the Brussels one. The, the country I visit right after that is Italy. And, uh, you know, Italy is really going through it with the coronavirus and COVID-19. And, like, they have some of the highest death tolls in the entire world. And I saw, you know, these old memories of, of me going to, to, to Italy. Not necessarily even old. They're, they're fairly recent. I feel like, yeah, it was like October of last year for Italy. And I was going through it and I was like, yo, you know, I could actually make something with this. Um, so that's dropping really soon. So, um yeah, stay tuned. I think you're going to really enjoy that area. You're probably going to get a, a happier time of Italy then. Yeah, yeah. It's a much happier time of Italy. You know, it's, it's, it's days that we're more than likely not going to see again in the same fashion that I did. You know, dancing in a club at three in the morning like like sardines or, or, or you know, just, just the general isolation of, that we have now. It's something that we just did not have just a few months ago. So that in itself made such a huge difference. Yeah. And so let's go back to this, like the traveling. You're over there when this is all going down. Like it hit, it was like one day everything's normal and it's fine. Yeah. And there's nothing yeah. like you don't hear anything. You don't know anything. We're just caring about life. And then it seemed like the next week, like you went through that seven days Sunday, then click Monday. It was like punching a clock and going to work. It was like, oh, everything is going to yeah. change now. So you're over there uh, in the middle of this whole travel ban. Everybody's banning people. Like all the different countries yeah. are banning people. Um, did you have to rush and buy a ticket to get back? Were people panicking over there? Like what was it like being over in a different country? Because all I know is what it, uh, in my little bubble, and that's America. Man, okay, so my most recent trip to Europe, yeah, was last month. Um, February, late February, mid-February to, or no, early February to mid-March. And um, it was literally going from, I'm trying to remember, this is going to be a little, little, little hectic. Um, yeah, I started in Holland for the Winter Clash, the world's biggest aggressive inline skating competition. I just went there to cover it on behalf of Stupid Dope and uh, make some cool visuals from there. Um, so I showed out there for maybe a week and a half or so. So we're getting grumblings at this point, mid-February of, oh, what's this, what's this thing? There's, there's this thing circulating in the world and, and we need to understand what it is, but we don't know how it spreads. So yeah, just life as usual. So we did the whole skate contest, and this is, I'm saying, it's like thousands of rollerbladers from all over the world converge on one skate park for three full days, and we don't know anything about the coronavirus. We just know, oh, it's time to skate. So we do that, we skate, and it was a couple days after the winter clash where things really started to heat up as far as the uh, coronavirus is concerned, um, from... From there, from Holland, I went to Brussels next door. It's not more than a four-hour bus ride or something, but I went to Brussels for uh, to go shoot more culture shock stuff, some more skate stuff, and uh, yeah, 
I could definitely sense there was uh, some tension in the air about the virus and about the sicknesses that were that were just going about. Um, but where it really, really took off, where I started to really sense something was when I took my flight from Brussels to Spain, to Barcelona. I've always wanted to go to Spain, go to Barcelona because of the skate scene that's there, the skate spots, just it's everything a skater would ever dream of. Um, I went to Barcelona, and the moment I land at the airport there, there's signs in every language talking about COVID-19, COVID-19, everyone's wearing masks. I'm like, okay, this is real, this is real, word. I have about four days there in Barcelona, five days there in Barcelona, and um, from there I go to Paris, and that's where I said, you know, I met my mom, my dad, my sister in Paris, and that was just so different. I've been to Paris before, but it wasn't like that. We're riding, um, yeah, we're riding trains, we're riding buses, and just seeing so many people go through all these modes of transportation. We're like, yo, what is this? What is this? This is crazy, you know? No one's wearing a mask. And people are looking at us like, oh, you're wearing a mask. You must be stupid. (laughs) It was crazy, dude. We're sitting here like, yo, y'all don't even know, man. So we have a great time in Paris. Me and my family have a great time in Paris. Day before we leave, we decide, oh, yeah, we're going to go to the Palace of Versailles. So we click on the news in the morning. It says, uh, President Macron has, has uh, decided to limit crowds to 5,000 or less. Well, like, oh, okay, yeah, we can still make that. We go to Versailles, we come back. And the same day, he said, 1,000 or less. All right, we need to get out of here. We need to get out of Paris right now because if we don't get out of Paris, we're, we're, we're done. You know, like we're going to be stuck here. We're going to be stuck here in the morning. So we leave in the morning. Uh, but that's also when EasyJet, it's a uh, low-cost budget airline, um, they went out of business. <laughs> oh. They went out of business that same day. So we had to scramble and get tickets to to get our flights back to the states we got back to the states and 36 hours later trump is like borders are closed and i'm like oh we just made it man that's Sorry for the long run but yeah that's so crazy that's it, it really like it's insane to go like when you're not paying attention to the news i don't know how much you follow the news on the daily basis every, too every 30 minutes i'm on the news dude yeah <laughs> It's probably not healthy, but every 30 minutes. Oh, really? Even before all this, that's what you you did yeah, that? Even before all this, man, I live on the news. I live on Google News, Al Jazeera, and BBC. Those three are my three outlets that I kind of like um, compare notes, as you might say. Do you do it just for your, like, so do you do that for your, your videos, for your content, to know what's going on, or you just do it because you like it? I'm just curious, yeah. I'm just <laughs> a curious person when it comes to what's going on in the world, man. Yeah. That's that's very unique as far. Well, I guess it's unique. I mean, everybody's different, but um, when I, you know, hanging around with my buddies and skating or whatever I've been doing, really, I never really. My grandpa paid attention to it. My dad would pay attention to it, but I was like, I don't really care. I'm a, I'm, I'm doing what I'm doing, and as long as I'm good, then I'm, you know, I'm good. And now, now I'm following it, and I'm like, it's nice to know. But then also, I said this the other day, I just did an Instagram Live with our gym owner. I'm like, 
there's so much false and like people wanting fear and spreading fear and it's like hey take if you take in all that fear and nervousness eventually no matter how calm of a person you are you're going to get scared nervous and fearful and that doesn't do good for your immune system or anything so you need to like use common sense social distance look at the real thing the numbers what's going on what you're supposed to do and then shut that thing off right hey and i i agree with that i totally do um i agree with the idea of getting the info you need and then tuning out the thing is is i don't know the info i need me personally (laughs) the life i live is so fluid it could change at any given moment um granted yeah i have a permanent place here in atlanta but you know i I could be somewhere else next month you know or maybe two months who knows who knows what's going on right now everything is really kind of messed up at the moment yep but it's uh it's definitely something that that is uh for me pretty useful just to understand what's going on in different places i have friends that live in different countries different nations and i'm like you know i wonder how they're doing so i you know, I can ask them, and I do. I ask them, how are you guys doing? But I also want to take it from a bigger perspective. Yeah, like out and looking in. I imagine traveling to all the different countries too, all the time, you know. Um, you get curious with that stuff too. And some people just like it. Like some people just do that. They hang out there and, and that's what they love to do. I mean, it wouldn't get so many clicks and so much stuff as it is. I was speaking from my perspective like, that's that's kind of the way I do it. The way I, when I got older is like, okay, you need to pay attention to what's going on in the world, but then try to weed through the. I don't I don't handle the BS too good. And I'm just like, yeah, next article or fact check. You know, you can do your own fact check. So yeah. that's what I end up doing most of the time. That's why I said I have three different outlets that I, that I choose from and uh, collect notes from there, and then. For my own opinion, my own assertion about you know what what uh, what I'm seeing, what I'm reading, what I'm hearing, just through hearing it through different outlets, because it really does make a difference. If you click on Al Jazeera, which is you know predominantly Arabic uh, site, and read something about the U.S., you won't see that same article about the U.S. in the U.S. news. And I'm like, okay. All right, see, they know some things. And then vice versa, it works both ways. Three ways. You know, BBC does the same thing. So, um, no, that's uh, that's that's definitely something. Um, that's a super important. interesting perspective. Like, I never really thought about it that way. About, you know, looking at it from, like, you're getting all these di- little different pieces of news and then picking and choosing and taking the one the stories and putting everything together like a puzzle. Exactly. I mean, but that's how I kind of live my life already. I edit videos. In videos, that's a big puzzle. So to see news as a puzzle, it helps me to understand it more. So when, when you're putting the when you're putting your videos together, and you don't have to give away your trade secrets if, if not, but like I I've done, I know nothing. I can be completely frank about this. I know nothing about making videos. I just do it. <laughs> I just do it, man. I love it. I just love to do it. Like, I know nothing. Like, I can sit, put me on record, dude. I know nothing. My friends know it, too. Rich knows nothing about making videos. He just makes them. So do you, you edit all your stuff out, right? Yourself? Yeah. Yeah. So you pick the pieces, where they go, and then rotate them. You get done, and then you go, 
oh, I need to rotate this one over here and put take this out, put that there. Like, do you ever get through with one and go, oh, it's just missing something and you rotate pieces around? Um, it, I have done a little bit of it. I I used to make fun of I'd be like, dude, those, that's just like dorky stuff like people do. Um, it's not like, how do you get paid so much money to sit there and look at a screen and just make a little video that doesn't take any time? <laughs> And then I, I started doing it with, you know, with the podcast and actually just on a little level. And then I was like, oh, well, I'll get a little, some little clips and make a little movie out of it. And then I realized, whoa, this is a little harder than what I thought. Like you really have to, you spend a lot of time, like you, you're looking at it and then it starts at one time and then you're like, oh man, I got to go to bed. I didn't realize it felt like I've been here for like two minutes and it's already been like eight hours. I got, I got to go to sleep. Yeah, you know, and that's uh, time management, man. For me, that's very important. You know, I'm just now getting done with the whole skating thing. I take my route to go skate and such, but I have to make carve out time to be human. Because <laughs> otherwise, I'm literally living on the computer for about 18 hours a day. So you, so you schedule yourself to go, and I saw you do that little, like, uh, that little rollerblade workout video inside the house, which I think is kind of neat. What people are doing is all these different unique fitness things and movement. Like you've got to do something and thankfully we can still go outside. So yeah, you can just right now we can still go outside, you know, so that's, that's something to take use of right now. Yeah. Um, that's, you know, something I want to speak on that a little bit, but the, um, you know, there's, don't get me wrong. But man, you know, like this virus is terrible. It's awful. But I tell you what, I have never seen more people outside being active, exercising, and just enjoying life than what I have now. You know, it just begs the question, like, what do humans do when they don't have to go to a nine to five? It's like, man, they're just trying to be them, their, their best selves. You know, like, oh, man, yeah, I guess I don't have to work today. Let me what's this working out? What is that? You know, what's this exercise? Let me try this out. And then they get into it. So maybe, you know, this sticks after everything blows over, after we find the vaccine, after we really get a grip on the whole situation, that people's remain, people remain enthusiastic about being active and not just because of some kind of protest, like, Oh, the government's going to shut us down in 10 days. We got to get outside. No, we want to get outside because we want to get outside and it's a nice day to be outside and do some cool stuff. I wonder if it'll, I wonder if it's going to change or if it's going to be like, uh, you know, I, w- I wonder if it's going to change or it's going to be like any other big event where they, you know, like 9-11 happens and everybody's band together and it's awesome and they're, you know, it just unified everybody. And then a little while later they just keep separating and they forget you forget it's i equated it the other day like to in my stupid little kid brain you know i equated to the skating stuff you know you like i hadn't done a kind grind in forever and i was like i'm gonna go do a kind grind right and so i went i did a couple hit them and then i fell so hard like my head vibrated like I hadn't fallen that hard in a while, and the kids were there. Like, are you okay? Did you just break your tailbone? And I, I'm, I'm, I'm all right. I think. Just let me get my wits about me so I can make sure nothing's missing. You know, one of those falls, and then 
I automatically just forget about it. It's like, that hurt. I know it hurt. But that feeling, it it just went away. Like, it goes away. And I go right back to doing the thing that I wanted to do. So I wonder if people... Like, cause they do, we do that with like events like this. We go, oh yeah, remember now we're going to come together and then you forget and you start talking about trivial things like what sports team is cheating and all that good stuff like overtakes everything and nothing else matters and it's the biggest travesty. And that's one thing that's, if you can say it's beautiful about it is people are paying attention to what really matters right now. Yeah. Yeah, they're paying attention to what really matters and to who really matters. You know, my grandma lives, she just moved here to Georgia. But I haven't seen my grandma because I'm like, you know, you think about what really matters. I'm like, yo, I want to see my grandma later, so I'm going to keep my ass at home. You know, like, that's that's just something I need to do right now. Yeah, that's, so, the, um, that's the people it affects. You know, my, my kids can't go see their grandparents. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's super sad, you know, for what it is, but really it's just temporal, you know, and every moment is not guaranteed. No moment is guaranteed, but, you know, if you decide, hey, I want to I wanna see them later, so I'm going to stay at home, you know. I feel like what you said is very true. People forget some things. Um, but, you know, much like 9-11, there's some things, some things that you're just never going to forget. You know, we still have TSA. We still have the security. We still have the things that really, like, I remember when I was a kid being able to go from the parking lot of the airport into the terminal without security all the way to the gate. Yes. Yeah. You know, and, and that's a thing that kids now, adults now, will never even know. They'll they never know that. They never even, like, they don't know it. They're like, what are you talking about? That's crazy talk. You could go right there. You're like, yeah, you used to hold yeah, signs up. Like and that's what's going to happen about social distancing. You know, later generations, you know, if this affects us in the way that, you know, stats are projecting, I'd wager that later generations are going to be like, yeah, you used to go to concerts and stand next to somebody? <laughs> Granddad, you're crazy. Like, you know, like, I think that, that's something that's definitely, you know, you know, a viable um, possibility. They're, they're, they're going to say, you're nasty that they're high fives all the time. Yeah, like high fives, dad, that's gross. <laughs> like, you know, like that's, that's really something that, you know, we could be thinking about. You know, that's this... This virus is the death of the handshake. No one's handshaking from here on out. Dude, it's so hard for me because I grew up like that respect. I'm sure you did too, like growing up with a military family. You know, you're like, you handshake, you look people in the eye. It's a nice, firm shake. Like, that's what you do. Like, that's how you greet somebody properly. And it is taken like, I don't, but it's real hard and awkward for me. I go, what do I do now? Yeah. (laughs) Aaron, you're talking about awkward, man. I am, like I said, I'm pretty introverted as a person. You, you really wouldn't get that, you know, if you saw the traveling me. But when I'm home, man, I just, just understood the high five looking at somebody's elbow. Because you high five Like, I just got that. And I'm like, yo, this has been here my whole life. And I'm just understanding. And I just got it. Now I can't use it. Personal <laughs> problems, man. I can't, I can't high five. <laughs> no. No, so I mean, it doesn't look like you're introverted at all. Like if you if you go check out and everybody go look at his in, go look at his Instagram, follow it, and you'd be like, "How's this guy introverted? He's smiling, he's laughing, he's like cutting up with everybody." 
Like you're around a lot of people. It's yeah. like it looks like just one gigantic party of travel and like all the good kind of party, you know, like you're just having a bunch of fun. You're doing all the cool fun things, you know, mixed with whatever you it seems like whatever you want to do, but I know it's like it's content, it's video footage, it's angles, it's art. It's what it is. It's art. Truly curated, man. And um you know, a lot of people will look at my my social media and be like, Yeah, he's living it up. And granted, I'm not gonna say I'm not, but there is so much more work going into every single post than you would ever understand or even imagine. Just a simple photo or a quick little ten second clip. Like there's so much going in inside of that to make that a possible thing. That's and that's another thing that is funny. Like I, I hear people talk and they're like that you can do it on the sports level where guys will look up from the stands. I mean, I, I love sports. I've been like involved with my whole life. And you're sitting up there in the crowd and you'll hear guys go like, oh, I could do that. I could, I could play as good as that guy. You know, it could be at a minor league game. They'll say that. And I'm like, dude, no, you couldn't. Like, you don't know how much time and effort it took to be as good as him. Like, I know it doesn't look like it right there because he's playing against a bunch of really good people. But yeah. it, it's like that with everything. People go, oh, I could be a YouTube star really easy. Well, why don't you then? Because yeah, just do it. really, it takes a lot more work than you're willing to admit to be that YouTube influencer, famous person like that. It takes a lot of effort to put that stuff together in a manner that makes it appealing and to keep doing it and to keep coming up with fresh ideas. And then once you do that, then you've got to produce the thing and put it out to the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, you you got it to the T on the nose, Aaron. Like for real, yeah, that's it right there. So all that stuff, like we could watch your video on the internet, but you've put in hours and hours and hours of work for that. What? How long is that video that I was watching? <laughs> that video you were watching might have been four minutes, man. Yeah, <laughs> four minutes. You traveled, yeah. and how many video clips didn't even make that video? Yo, I have an encyclopedia of clips that did not that people will never see. It's just like like I said, just putting the 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 prime stuff out there. That's that's what it is. You know, like or the most eye catching stuff. So it doesn't even have to be the most prime. Just the most eye catching clips that just make your eyes go, mm, that was tasty. And you did all this from just from doing the social media stuff from people's like working in restaurants and. That sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's it's pretty pretty wild, man. But and I know every, nothing is permanent. You know, next year I could probably uh, maybe maybe I'm working in a cubicle with my shirt tucked in. Who knows? But right now and for the past few years, it's been pretty awesome. I can't complain, not at all. You know, nothing's guaranteed, so just take everything with the with a with a grain of salt you know i mean that's probably what this thing has taught taught us we should do like respect what we've got and it's nothing has to stay the same like it can be gone in just a blink so appreciate it and enjoy it like i have so many friends that work in the service and hospitality industry working for restaurants and 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 you know as servers or or cooks or etc so on and i just see them like all of a sudden not have a job i'm like you've been doing this since you were 14 years old (laughs) like 
You know, like that that's real things that, that were that were based on the same with artists. My sister, she's a singer and she uh, a good amount of her income relied on, you know, going to gigs and performing at venues and and singing at weddings and you know, things like that and everything stopped. It's like okay. What do you do? And so if anything I've learned from this is to have multiple sources of income. Yeah. 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 Multiple sources of income, multiple sources of revenue that that don't depend on each other. That's what I've definitely learned. And and we have literally touched the tip of the iceberg of what's coming down the line for, for the U.S. right now. Also, it's like how important is it to be – a super like not just a kind human being and meet people be fr- like be friends with them be vulnerable with them like understand them make friends because like no matter what it is people are going to support those that they know their friends um yeah. you can find a lot of jobs going that way like if you're in the service industry and you meet people and you talk to them and you're regular and you're like man I'm out of work and this guy just like hey I really care about you. You're a good dude. Let me give you a job. Let me give you some work. Let me help you out. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. You can lead it like don't do that too. Like literally, you know, you keep that grassroots mentality of just really, truly knowing somebody or knowing someone's business. Even. The 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 potential, you know, outcome could really work out in your favor just by virtue of being friendly. Just by virtue of being true and real and evergreen, and it's crazy now. Like it's crazy how easy it is now to do that with Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. And you know, I was just yeah. talking too about like I I never really liked it um, because I like to see people. I like to go out and do. I like to be in the moment and not tied to something else. Like if I'm going outside, I want to enjoy outside. I'm not gonna whip my camera out to take a picture of outside you know that's that's just not me I, I either go with the purpose of taking some footage or I don't you know and but the podcast got me into it and I'm thankful it did because now in times like this it's become the way we communicate and our feelings are kind of tied to people's comments sometimes like if you comment on somebody's post and say you like it it's just like you're in person sitting like you make them feel like you're in person sitting there and go Man, that's really cool. I like what you just did. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it it really has. There's all sorts of crazy, weird things that you know, like people back when World War II was going on, they didn't have this technology to do this sort of thing. You know, in the but depression, we did. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Imagine if it was around in World War II. Oh my Would it gosh. really be more different than what we're seeing right now? I don't know. I actually thought about that the other day. My grandparents went through the depression. I'm like, I wonder what they would think on how we're handling everything. Yeah. You know, like I mean, you know, soft or hard. We're definitely handling it soft. I can see that right now. I mean, shoot. I read an article just today about a mayor of a town here in Georgia that rescinded the, the um, stay at home order and said, Hey, you know, like, yeah, I know it was in place, but, Turns out a lot of people don't like government handling their money. So, uh, yeah, we're going to go ahead and cancel. So, yeah, maybe we're being too soft. Well, I think it's out of necessity. Like, it's a necessity thing. They didn't have a choice. They didn't have the social media. They had the news. They didn't have Instagram. They didn't have cell phones. I mean, you don't have the Internet. You don't have any of that stuff. So, what do you – like, human beings are crazy. We'll survive. Like, 
we will figure out a way to survive. We invented all this stuff. So yeah, people are going to be a little softer because they get complacent on it. But then you go, oh, well, now i got to figure something out. Twelve hundred bucks, you know, is not really going to fix much. <laughs> That's another yeah. thing that I, I'll just go ahead and stop it right there. I'm not going to, I'm not going to get into all that, but I just know for a fact that twelve hundred dollars ain't going to do nothing for people who are living literally check to check. Yeah, and I had to laugh, and this is not, this has nothing to do with political stances or views or any of that stuff. I just, I'm just pointing out like an obvious thing that I saw because I love to do that. You can see like. All the people that the Yang gang and Andrew Yang, like, if you got to give the guy one thing, he at least had a plan. Like, he had something written out, right? So, he wants to give $1,000. That's what the UBI is. And everybody's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the government gives out 1200 bucks for this thing. And they're like, what am I going to do with 1200 bucks? That doesn't do me any good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm going... Well, this should be like a perfect example that a thousand dollars a month is not enough to do, do anything. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. Hold on, we got some got a siren in the middle. All right. I live in the dirty south. Live in the eight. It happens. And you know what? My uh, so my wife lived in Georgia for a while, and we just did a road trip from. Uh, last spring break so last spring break we do trips instead of gifts for Christmas and stuff and we flew up with the kids and drove back from New York and we hit Philly and DC and North Carolina and then stopped in Atlanta hung out there and then drove the rest of the way back because there really wasn't anything in between that you know we wanted to see on our way back to Texas Um, but man I liked Atlanta it was a cool town man I've, I've been a few places. I'm not going to say I've been everywhere because, geez, no, I have not. But I've noticed that there's something really special about the city, about people more than anything. And that also, the airport goes everywhere. I'm blessed in that fact. Being a traveler, the airport's right here. And this Atlanta airport goes everywhere. You know, so that's a, it's a good, it's a great jumping off point. Yeah, it seems to be friendly to businesses. It's growing. It's popping. Like stuff like what you do for stupid dope and all that stuff. Like it seems to be a hot spot for that sort of thing. Man, it has been a hot spot forever, for ages. Music, culture, Atlanta really, Atlanta really, truly embodies the American dream. You know, like hey, I got a song. I'm put a song out. Hey, I got a video. Let me put this video out. Hey, me, I got books. Let me put this out. And, you know, I going, going to Europe and going to Europe and seeing Migos, hearing, hearing the Migos play, I'm like, yo, this is, this is home music. You know, you hear trap music. It's like, hey, this is from Atlanta. That's pretty awesome. So, man, where, like, what do you do now in lockdown with, like you, are you still making video content? Are you putting stories together, thinking of ideas? Like, what do you do in this time where you've got to be socially distanced? I mean, obviously, you said you're an introvert, but really, it's not just introverted because you're not allowed to go and do some of the things you need to do for work. Yeah, 
you know, the people aren't out like normal, so you're not going to be able to videotape like normal and get the normal type of footage and that sort of thing. So what do you do in this downtime for them to keep them going? And are they struggling like the service industry or do they have different avenues? And how does that how does that all play out? Man, everyone's struggling. Every Everyone in every sector is struggling right now. I mean, you know, the arts is definitely struggling. You know, performers, people who are dependent on crowds, people who are dependent on, on you know, people to show up. Like, that's that everyone's going through it. And for me personally, you ask what I do on my downtime, I'm like, well, I'm going to chop everything that I've been shooting. Like, that's what I'm doing. And so I see it kind of like a blessing in disguise. Personally, I see it as a blessing in disguise just because I have gigabytes upon gigabytes upon gigabytes of footage that the world has not even seen. And and now's the time for people who want to travel but can't travel, who want to experience but can't experience. I, I see this as a as a as a pass go. Collect your two hundred dollars and keep it moving and just put as much stuff onto the internet as possible. Because what are we doing right now? Everyone's on the internet. Everyone's watching videos and everyone's listening to podcasts. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> I hope they listen to this podcast. Like that would be awesome. It'd be great. No, I'm hoping. I'm hoping that uh, everyone's tuning in and, and 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 understanding that we're all in it together. Yeah, man. Well, this has been a blast, dude. I've had a good time. Uh, you're just as cool as watching you on Instagram. Um, oh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, for reals, man. It, it this has been awesome. Uh, tell everybody where they can go find your stuff. What you're gonna put out, um, if it, there's an Instagram, a website, like all that stuff, where they can find you and check out more of your stuff. Right on. Well, I mean, yeah, my name is Richard. Uh, raw footage ATL on almost like every social platform. Um, you can find a lot of my travel stuff and other stuff on stupiddope.com. Uh, yeah, just go to stupiddope.com and I'll be there. You know, you'll see me. You'll see some stuff that I've been doing and been seeing, and people I've been interviewing, and just experiences that I've been experiencing. So definitely check in if you're bored. It's there. It's there. And all that stuff helps you out too, right? If they go to your YouTube channel and watch the YouTube or whatever. Certainly, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, all of it. All of it helps, man. All of it helps. The views help. But more importantly, let's just stay together as a as a as a community to, to, to just strengthen it. Because if anything, this, this whole epidemic, this whole pandemic has made people come closer together, even though they're physically not closer together. I agree, man. Well said. Well said. Thanks Richard for being on, man. Hey, thanks Aaron. Appreciate you, bro. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to this episode, and thank you to Richard for being a guest on the show. I really appreciate it. It was fun getting to talk to him, and I hope everything goes good in Atlanta. Follow him on all of his stuff. His links will be in the show notes, but he just announced them a second ago here at the end of the podcast. Also, don't forget to like, rate, and review on your listening platform, and share this podcast episode if you enjoyed it with all your friends and on social media. Until the next episode, see ya.